Hello, and welcome to the WWIA podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. On this latest episode of the WWIA podcast, WWIA founder and CEO John McDaniel introduces us to one of the foundation's premier partners and friends, Mr. Chris DeMitt. Chris is a part of the American Legion Thomas Harding Post, number 1977, in New Lenox, Illinois, which happens to be a WWIA Medal of Honor recipient, having donated over $210,000 in support of WWIA and our Purple Heart hero since 2010. Absolutely remarkable. We're honored to have Chris join us today as he and John discuss their amazing community of supporters, family, fatherhood, and what it means to give back and make a difference. It's a wonderful conversation that we're proud to share with you. Let's join in with John and Chris now. Hi, I'm John McDaniel. I am the host of the podcast for the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, Honor, Connect, and Heal. And today with us, I have a very special guest who happens to be a very close friend of mine who I've known for about 14 years. His name's Chris Demick. He hails from uh, Chicagoland, New Lenox area. I just call it, you know, the greater Chicago area. Um, Chris, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, John. I'm doing good today. How are you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, listen, um, it's it's good to see you. For the, for the folks that are listening, you know, we can see each other on video. Uh, I'm in my office in, in Apollo Beach, Florida, and Chris is I presume. Are you in your home there, buddy? I'm in my kitchen where the magic happens. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm in New Lenox, magic, Illinois. The magic does happen there, <laughs> man. So, so let me set the stage here for the listening audience. Um, you know, I asked Chris to come on the program because he's a, he's a, he's one of our super supporters. I mean, he's, his heart, your heart, my friend is as big as a lion's and, and, and what you've done, to help the foundation is incredible. And there, you're one of about, you know, a handful of people who, um, you know, are, are, I would call them a super supporter, you know, and these are people that have been with us for a long period of time who continually give, they ask nothing in return. And all they want to do is help our combat wounded. And, and you're part of a really interesting organization um you you guys are in new lennox which happens to be a purple heart city is that true isn't that true yes it is yeah so yes, so i is. met your may i met your mayor um at one of your functions and and uh, i was very surprised to hear that it's uh you know that the new lennox illinois is a purple heart city and and you uh run a uh, um are heavily involved in almost all aspects of the enterprise there uh, in New Lenox, which is a a veteran of foreign wars, a VFW post, is it not? Actually, it's the American Legion on the south end of town, post nineteen seventy seven. Uh, Thomas Hartong. Uh, yes, I, yep. I, I bet. I, I bet. I beg your pardon. I should. I, I should be fired. American Legion, and I knew that because um, I knew that because I played American Legion ball. American Legion um, 
the Th- Thomas Hartung. Yep, post 1977. Uh, ni- 1977. Okay, yeah. And 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 Thomas Hartung was a was a soldier, was he not? He was a yes, veteran he, of the Foreign War. He was um, the first and only soldier that was from the New Lenox area that was killed in Vietnam in 1966. Wow. Okay, so let's take us back to 2010. I I I, I think it was 2009. I, I I mean the foundation was just starting. Yep. And I got a telephone call and it was from uh, it was uh, from a contingent uh, from uh, your your American Legion post from the 1977 post. And they were here in Florida. Yeah, it was Paul uh, Gator. Remember this? It was Paul. It was Paul, Paul came down there. We were talking. Yep. Yep. That's right. And, and another couple. And they and they wanted it. They wanted to see that I was real, that it was real, I think, you know, and they <laughs> but, called me up and said, you know, what? We're, we're in your neck of woods. I said, great. So so what we did is um, I took him. We, I met him at the gates of MacDill Air Force Base, and I gave him a tour of, of uh, I was working at CENTCOM and SOCOM as a contractor. I retired. I was, you know, I was back there, you know, slugging it out in the goo, um, hmm. metaphorically anyway. Um, and, and, uh, and I gave him a tour, and, um, you know, we went to lunch. And the next thing you know, the next year, you guys are doing a, a fundraiser, uh, a monster fundraiser for us with a, a game dinner right there in New Lenox at the Post. And um, and we continued that tradition for many years. And it, it was amazing the, the amount of, of money that you raised. And today, uh, we looked at the total and, and your total support since dating back to 2010 timeframe is $210,000. And that's amazing, buddy. Thank wow. you for all you guys have done. Isn't that crazy, right? It's it is crazy, especially when you know you think of the time too. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but I mean, I remember when um, how it first started was actually uh, you know Paul. We'd always go to Paul's house to shoot. Paul originally started this a, a game feed at his house, and Paul had about ten acres on the south end of um, of Will County, and we would. Uh, go to his house and we'd shoot you know firearms and it'd be at targets and clay traps and air trap throwers and afterwards we'd go and eat chili and cook fish and everything mm-hmm. and, you know people hunted you know yeah so so paul basically wanted to he's like we, we need to do something you know for vets and and paul chen my brother-in-law um paul gator and myself built a cooker if you remember that big black drum cooker said we cook for america and it kind of started from there, and Paul's like, well, how can we give back? And Paul himself being a Vietnam vet, you know? And um, I remember looking on the internet about almost over 700 websites, and yours came up to be the best that I could find that did exactly what we wanted to do. And then, like you said, like you said earlier, that Paul, uh, Linda, um, Kathy, and um, my sister-in-law, Kim Chen, came down there. And that's when that's all right. they met you. So, yeah. That's right. That's and that's right. how it started after that. Paul goes, this is our guy. I remember when he came back, this is our guy, meaning you and the foundation. So, yeah. Well, and for, for everybody that's out there listening, you know, we were talking in the pre-show a little bit, um, you know, about all of our touch points. And we'll I'll try to get on those. But just uh, to level the bubbles, your New Lenox is like how far from Chicago? 38 miles from downtown. Beep. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, so I'll bet Palatine, Illinois, where I grew up, is is about the same. You know, I, I mean, they're all kind of suburbs in that general area, right? Um, 
but I grew up, I grew up uh, there just outside of Chicago. I was a Cubs fan, you know, when guys like, you know, Ernie Banks and, 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 and the like were, were, were playing, playing ball. Right. Um, and, and um, you know, so, so, it, you know, I, I was a, a big, you know, Bears fan, you know, Walter Payton. Oh yeah, you know, was an amazing athlete that I, you know, emulated. And matter of fact, I wore his number when I played uh, ball. Thirty-four, uh, huh? Thirty-four. Yeah, I was a thirty. <laughs> yeah, I was a running back and a linebacker, and uh, yeah, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, I understand uh, very well, you know, Chicagoland, and um, and, and so we had that 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 touch point for sure. Um, you and I also like muscle cars. You know, fast muscle cars. You know the you. Do you still you still have uh, uh something, don't you? What do you have? Yeah, I still a uh, '69 GS Riviera. Um, <clears throat> I remember when you first seen you, like what? You didn't know that. I remember you yeah. didn't know that part about me. You were amazed. Yeah. It was a car I redid in '99. It took oh, me wow. about it took me about a year. I had uh, about 900 hours into it, but basically built a oh. stage two GS Riviera. So, um, yeah, it's. Great car. Is that so. a muscle? It's a muscle car, right? Yeah, that car. That car will run with all of them. It did twelve four and a quarter with my big butt in there, so uh, she'll run good. So, what do you got under the hood? What's it's a four fifty five? It's supposed to be a four thirty, wow. but I uh, put a four fifty five in there with uh, stage two aluminum heads and cut a lot of weight off the car. I shaved about six hundred pounds off the car, so she runs in at Skylark weight about thirty nine hundred. So it'll wow. run with the, it'll run with them. So. Is that got an automatic transmission? Or yeah, is that it's got a, a really built, uh, my friend Jack uh, put a built Turbo 400 in there that he built for me. And yeah, oh. she just built another one that I had as a backup because Jack's getting a little bit older. So he goes there in case something happens to you, you know, and rebuilt another one. So I got a backup trans Turbo 4 just in case. So got to have cool. it, you know. I got I a had part a 60... to build another one. <laughs> I bet. I mean, you had you one? Uh, what you have? No, no. I well, I, I had a sixty. I had a, I had a sixty-eight Cutlass. You know. Oh, nice. And it, it just had a three fifty in it. But I, 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 we put a, I put a high performance cam in there, a Holly four barrel, a, a posi rear end, and and uh, what else we do? Um, uh, you know, I put some old Chevy springs in there so it sat. You know, it's <laughs> it, its tail is up a little higher. You know, Did you have the big some, M50 tires on the back? <laughs> oh, yeah, 50s on the back, 60s on the front, you know. Her nice. shifter, Muncie Tranny, all that, you know. Nice. So, uh, yeah, anyway, well, you know, it looked <clears throat> a lot better than it did, than it ran, I can tell you that. <laughs> when it, you know, uh, but anyway, um, then, then that's cool. And you have two beautiful boys, you know, okay. um, Kyle and Caden, and 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 uh, you're a dad. I'm a dad. I have two boys. You know, there's another touch point. You like to cook. I like to cook. I think you're I, you're a better cook than I am. I see <laughs> your stuff on Facebook. No, dude, you are you are on it, man. I gotta ask you, how did you how did you learn to do what you do? You make some. Your dishes are all they the the presentation is excellent. I know they taste excellent. They you just look at them and go, "Wow, that looks like that came out of a restaurant, man." So, I mean, <laughs> how did you learn to do, you know, the art of you know the culinary arts? Just tell us about that. <clears throat> you know, I just kind of um, from when I was in high school, my buddy Mike used to always we'd have a couple um, happy drinks sometimes when we were uh, buzzing around after not after school but after we graduated and mike would always be cooking on his grill and my mom was always a great cook and my dad was a good cook too and i just kind of paid attention 
And it was kind of a passion of mine. And then I just took it in different levels and I'd always cook and then either feed the neighborhood or go to the post and feed them and say, hey, what do you think? What does it need? And I just started playing around and um, I'm like a mini Abe Froman here. I do like making different sausages out of anything, whether it be wild game or goose, you know, goose, venison, elk. Um, and I just started playing around with it till uh, got the recipes just right. And then when I get bored, I just play around a little bit more and say, okay, like right now I'm into this Asian thing where with Rob and Kate and I were watching YouTube the other day and I'm like, I'm going to try this and started playing around with that. So I just, it's just a passion. I really enjoy it. It's, I love to watch other people smile and eat and relax and enjoy themselves. So that's kind of a thing how, you know, as you say, Big Sarge likes it. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I do too. I like to. I like to see. You know, I I genuinely find uh, solace in you know in cooking. You know, mm-hmm. like especially if it's wild game. I mean, that's what I I I, I mean. I it includes fish. You know, and right. um, but I, I I genuinely genuinely enjoy it. And um, I was thinking the other day, like, okay, if it was my if you somebody said you got three more meals, man, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what do you you know what would you choose? You know, these are your last meals you're going to have. And I was thinking about that, you know, and I, for me, it's, it's, I know we're, we're going down a rabbit hole, but uh, that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I like, I would do huevos rancheros for breakfast. I love doing huevos rancheros. Really? And I have got, I, oh yeah, I got a way that blows. Yeah. My, my sister, my my family knows this and they're like, you know, when are you going to do huevos rancheros again? So I, I would do that for, 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 for breakfast. For lunch, because lunch and dinner, I really don't distinguish, you know, I mean, I don't really, I, I, I don't eat, I don't, I'm not a big, you know, breakfast or lunch guy anymore, but, uh, you know, breakfast and lunch, if I, if I had to do a, a lunch, I think what I would probably do is a blackened piece of high quality white fish with like a red, like a, 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 a spicy red tomato sauce with, uh, you know, lo- lots of fresh herbs in there, kind of over the top of that with some sort of a vegetable. And then for dinner, I think I'd go to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I've been okay. to a lot of steak. I've been to a lot of steakhouses, you know. Right. But Ruth Chris, for some reason, I think it's the temperature at which they're not paying me to say this. By the way, I wish they were. You know, I, 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 I'm just get a steak out of it. <laughs> yeah, that maybe. You know, you know the 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 temperature at which their ovens fire is some ridiculous <clears> thing, like 1700 degrees. It's 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 a monster. They're they're they're. they're their ovens are just unbelievable, and they start with really high quality meat, you know. So those are my three, you know. Um, I, you know, I'd probably throw a lobster bisque in there somewhere, but you know, I'd I'd die a very happy man if those were my last three meals. And so I was like, well, uh, this guy right here, I gotta ask. Like, <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot, but you know, like, what's your favorite dish to cook? You know, if you if you just say some, you know, you got one more meal to serve your boys and yourself and your friends and family, you know, what would you do? You know. <clears throat> I'd have to say uh, we have to go to the Italian road. I make my homemade, my own homemade sauce or gravy, depending on where you're from. Um, mm-hmm. Homemade meatballs with homemade Italian sausage, um, and I'd probably make that, you know, with some garlic bread and a nice salad, and that's the go-to right there. Um, people kind of freak out when they see when Kate and I make sausage because, you know, I buy the butts, I, I wash them, I clean them, I cut them, I grind them, I do everything myself from scratch. Mm-hmm. We'll eat it raw to set to see if the flavor is just right. And everybody's wow. looking at us like we're crazy. And my You're buddy Donnie, pork, right? Pork, yeah. Pork. And Donnie looks at me and he starts with like, like dry heaving. I'm like, relax. He goes, that's disgusting. I go, it's pork sushi. 
So, <laughs> but we'll try it raw wow. to get it, see if the flavor is right. But I've done the work on it. I know where it's come from, and I just, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. So, but yeah. that would probably be it. But believe it or not, my favorite go-to is a turkey club sandwich. <laughs> really? I love it. It's just something with, and, and another thing I like to make is soups, but I love yeah, a turkey so club. I love turkey really? clubs and I love soups, but um, I cook a lot of Italian, even though I'm not Italian, but um, that's probably my go-to right there is that. So, Wow. Yep. Wow. I love it, man. I'm glad I asked that question because <laughs> I, 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 I would have never known that. Oh, yeah, it's just, stuff. I don't yeah. know. It's just a what, Midwestern thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right, so let's uh, let's get back to uh, now. Now the the American Legion post here, nineteen seventy seven. You guys have, you know, I remember when I go to these events uh, that you guys these game dinners that you guys would host. Um, I was always amazed at you know the different entities within your enterprise because you got the post, and then there's the sons of, and then there's the auxiliary. You know, and all these people would come up to me from, you know, a, a, a you know, been essentially the same organization, but entities within it. And I think your post there, the 1977 Thomas E. Hartung post, is the finest American Legion or veteran service organization facility I've ever been in. And I've been in a lot. And, and that is gorgeous. You guys you. have done amazing job. When you when you drive up to it, it has a presence. When you get inside, it has a presence and hi- historical content that is that sets it apart. It is really it's something that you should all be, and I know you are very proud of. It's got a beautiful bar, you got pool tables, you got some games, you got a place to dance, you got a place to eat. You know, it really is a world class facility, and I wanted to mention that because. Um, you know, I'm always so proud to walk in those doors and, and, you know, automatically welcomed, you know, I felt like I was going home every time I, I entered that, that building. And I wanted you to talk about that because there's obviously a ton of pride going there. It's vibrant and where a lot of veteran sor- service organizations are dying on the vine. Yours is thriving. And so I want to ask you, you know, to share with us that equation. You know, what makes that the the 1977 post Thomas E. Hartung American Legion post so special? You know, it's it's a lot of things, but it's definitely about the people. You have to have the right people, and from all the entities, a, a commander uh, with leadership and just people who care. Julie mm-hmm. Kohler, who runs the bar manager, and basically is the den mother of the post, I'll say, to put it in general terms. But she, you know, is the bar manager. She takes care of everything in the back with the, the functions. She's also a bartender there. Um, there's uh, um, some of the other people, like uh, Ken Kelly, that helps with um, putting together things to do on Friday, Saturday nights. There's everybody participates. And it comes from above that. I mean, there's people that care. Um, um, Joe Ratman, um, he, you know, he wants to see the post succeed. And then he's trying different things. And we've had good commanders like Dan Drismala, who was there um, um, before him, uh, Brian Claus and Paul Gaynor was Paul Chen. And there's been a mm-hmm. lot of good people that really kept the passion alive to make it for a veteran's place. And, you know, nowadays, or, or, you know, since COVID, things are different. So you're reaching for different ideas, but there's a lot of key people there. And with the entities, 
you know, we, we have a phrase on one of our shirts that we made that <clears throat> it says, you know, one country, one family. And it shows mm. the American Legion, the sons of the American Legion, the ladies auxiliary, the American Legion riders. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we, we come together with that for a common cause. And that's basically to help our veterans and to take care of it. And where people aren't selfish. And that was the one huge thing about the Wounded Warriors in Action luncheon that we would have is they didn't become entities. We became the one family. There was nobody in mm. charge. It was everybody was just there to help out and be there. And that was the great commonality of the whole thing was this one function would bring the whole post together as a neutral and just to do mm. what we set out to do. So that's a, a major thing right there is the people, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Well, I remember um, you uh, when I first met, you know, your boys um you know when i first you know in particular you know kyle and you said you know hey you know kyle's interested in in joining the army thinks he wants to be a soldier you know would you chat him up remember that that was huge you took him out or you took him in the back offices i remember to talk to him and yeah where do you have a retired lieutenant colonel ever give you direction like that and i was really blessed and and, you know well kyle and, and kelly and caden i mean we were very blessed that you were able to talk to him like that and that's you know, I have to say this, if I may interrupt, is that that was a made focus that the Wounded Warriors did as a personal thing, is it kind of made a lot of these younger guys that worked at the Legion or their bar backing or doing stuff like that want to join the service. And hmm. they wanted to make a difference. And at that age, um, that's what happened. Kyle knew he wanted to go in the service. And after talking with you, I wish you would went to uh, – OCS, but he didn't. But um, why you picked field artillery? I don't think he listened to every word you said. But uh, it was just um, it's what he wanted to do. And then he well, he served there. his country. Yeah, he, he served did. his country. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, he 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 he, uh, he he looks like a soldier. You know, I mean, he, he's <laughs> he, 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 to me when I first saw him, I'm like, okay, I bet he's an athlete. You know, I bet he loves the outdoors. You know, and then and then he, uh, you know, he he joined the service. Uh, what what did he do, uh, Chris? Did he do a three year stint? Uh, he did a four year. Four. And then they had a four and four with the reserves, but then he resigned up for another two. Okay, so he so did, he went six. He went six. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, super proud to you know to uh, you know get to know him um, you know over the years, and and then and then your your younger son, Caden. Tell us about that wild man. Caden is, uh, he's, he's the outdoorsman and he's always been that way. I remember when he was outside in the snow and Kelly would be calling me to get in the house and, you know, he just, uh, he could stay out there all day. He looked like he was getting frostbite, but he didn't care. <laughs> and when both boys were 10, when they, that's when I kind of started them in hunting because I read at 10 years old is when the brain starts to really understand things. And we mm. started out, uh, fishing, um, for up in Lake Michigan, up by Waukegan uh, mm-hmm. going for the coho salmon. Oh, and yeah. that's how the whole thing started. I've been doing it for almost 25 years. And um, the boys would go with it. And then when I'd bring both boys with them until Kyle went to service, so Caden stayed with me on that. Uh, then Caden just became my hunting partner with deer hunting. And it was, uh, it just kind of took it with him. He just loved it. That was his thing to yeah. do. And he's a crack shot. Um and he's good at it, you know. And so he got this year actually, you know, with Don Ferrance help and myself, we go to Wyoming every year trying to elk hunt. And we had an opportunity with one. And um, 
Donnie and I agreed, and, you know, hey, let's just uh, let Caden take it. So Caden went with the rancher, and he got a um, a cow elk right away, so. Yeah, saw that on Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Are Facebook. you still are you still eating off of that? Uh, we got a little bit left, not much. We got about 12 pounds of ground and uh, one back strap. And what we're going to do with that, and Donnie and his daughter is going to come over, and we're going to make uh, meatballs and sausage and meatloaf. They, they want the meatloaf, so. <laughs> awesome. But, yeah. But it was so all good, I, so. Yeah, I got to, uh, you know, not to put you on the spot or anything here, buddy, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a dad. I've got an eight- and a six-year-old boy, and, and um, you know, to me, it's like the – it's like the, 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 you know, the most important or significant thing that I'll ever do. You know, like everything else pales in comparison to that. And, you, you, you know, your, your boys are, are now, um, you know, out of the nest. Um, and, and, and you, you know, you're looking at it, you know, with a few more, you know, years and experience um, than I have. But I know there's a lot of dads out there. The foundation... The WWI has, um, you know, lots and lots. I couldn't even count how many, you know, significant guides, hosts, you know, heroes that all are dads. You know, so there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that are dads out there. Um, you know, just if you had to, uh, if you had to give some advice, you know, to dads, current, you know, and 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 future dads out there. Um, about raising sons in particular, what what would you say? Teach them how to survive. Teach them to be Teach tough. Them yeah, just um, that's where the hunting and fishing comes in. You know, I'm not going to be there forever. And yeah. um, you know, just to be good people and be good men. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. no matter what happens in life, you're going to be hit with curveballs or hit with a shovel. I mean, life life can beat you down. There's a great saying from you know, I think it was Rocky Six that says, you know. It's not as hard as you could take a punch. It's hard you keep moving forward while taking that punch. And yeah. that's why I try to tell the boys, I said, life ain't easy, but you got to keep no. going. It ain't going to stop and wait for you. And I know some people have a little more gentler constitution nowadays, but it's not the way that we wanted to raise our boys. So, um, like, like look at Paul Ginner, and, you know, everybody asked him, how do you raise four girls? He was like, boys. So they're, you know, <laughs> become self-sufficient. Just, just to move yeah. on with life. So that's the biggest advice is just, you know, be real with them. I, I never, every one of my nephews and nieces, you know, sugarcoat, I always tell it how it is. And whether that be good or bad, I don't know. But I did what, there's no great book on how to raise them. You just do what you think is right. And that's the biggest thing I wanted to instill with them. And if you start to feel guilt on something, it may not be right. So, yeah, you know, just, you know, teach them that way how to be self-sufficient was a big thing because, that's what my mom taught me. So, well, that's great uh, advice, you know. And I, I'm trying to follow that same thing, buddy. You know, I re- I really am. I I think, um, you know, I don't. I typically don't second guess the things that I do because I'll spend like if if I'm going to make an dis- important decision. I stole this from re- reading uh, Einstein's book, so. I don't want to sound, it's not like I'm smart or anything. I'm just fascinated by (laughs) brilliant minds, you know? Right. And uh, in there, and one of the things that he said was, you know, if you gave him a problem uh, to solve and and you said you got 10 minutes to solve it, you know, Einstein said he would would spend nine of those 10 minutes thinking about the problem and one minute solving it. And I thought, that's brilliant. 
Right. right? And yep. what great what great advice that is on just about everything. Right. And so, um, you know, I I, uh, I really, you know, will think about the things. There's some things that are like intuitive, like hey, this is a no <laughs> with the boys. That's right. a flat out no. You know, if it if it strikes you being viscerally as wrong or or right, you know, those are easy. But, you know, I I find myself being somewhat ill prepared for the things that a six and an eight year old chuck at you. <laughs> uh, they, honest to God, you know, honest to God, you know, and uh, and we I have a had, technology uh, gap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, too. But but at the same time, you know. Hey, I'm an old dad. I'm 58 years old. I got a six and an eight year old boy, and and um, you know they're they're throwing things at me all the time that that I you know that I don't want to say I'm I'm not prepared for, but I just didn't really think that this thing would that this issue or this set of circumstances or this question would come at me the way that it is right. because you just got to love the purity of their thought. Yep. You know, and and so what you end up doing, what I end up doing is just say, hey, trust your guts, man. I mean, we're products of like 350,000 years of evolution. You and I are just the fact that we're here, the fact that our children are here are flat out miracles. Right. You know, I mean, statistically, it's it, it's nothing. It's nothing short of a miracle that we're actually here. Yep. And so the fact that we are here tells us that we're pretty fit human beings you know, and, and we survived long enough, um, and well enough to be able to, you know, procreate and bring children into this world. So kind of trust your instincts, you know, uh, uh, but, but still I always, you know, find myself sometimes in a position where I'm like laying in bed going, geez, did I do the right thing there? Did I say the right, you know what I'm saying? Right. I do that and all I the time. Do I'd still do it. <laughs> uh, I never do that. You know I mean? Like with business, I don't, I rarely, with business or, you know, things that I'm involved in, in my, you know, personal relationships or whatever, I rarely, you know, wonder, geez, was that the right thing to do? But with the boys, you know, I have a tendency to, you know, to, to not infrequently, you know, run through my mind, you know, what just happened, you know, and, and was that the right, you know, thing to say or to do? And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really, it's a real, uh, you know, it's a privilege to be a dad. And, and like you say, you know, you're just trying to prepare them for that world out there right. because you're not always going to be there and, and they're going to start making decisions, you know, real soon, you know, adult decisions have adult consequences and, and you're, what you're hoping that you've done is prepared them to make those hard decisions and to do the right thing when nobody's around and to be good citizens. You know, that's what we really want, right? We want wh whether they serve or not. Hey, I'm like, I'm not getting involved in that. That's not my deal. My dad didn't push me in the military. You know, he served, you know, my brother served, my hit, my family's got a history of service, but I'm not pushing my boys in that direction or anything else. I'm exposing them to a broad band of, uh, of opportunities. And, and, and you're, it's like spaghetti, man. You hope something sticks. You right. Know, exactly. When it's ready. Yep. Exactly. And I just, you know, I, I think about that all the time because I didn't always make the, the best decisions. I made a lot of mistakes in my life, but you know what? That's who made me who I am. And exactly. I'm going to make more. And I, I, I tell them that it's okay to make mistakes. And yes. I also tell them, though, don't hesitate. You know, there's, oh, I should have, you know, I should have shot that deer. I should have done this. I'm like, you know, mm. sometimes you just got to go roll off your gut and go. You know, you got to right. make a decision to go. And, oh, oh, man, I screwed that one up. So what? Get back up. Tomorrow's another day. Let's go. As long as you don't get hit by a bus, you know, just life keeps going. So, right. You know. That's excellent. That's, uh, I'm, I, you and I are cut from the same cloth. I'm like, hey, you know. 
hey, make a decision and, you know, and go for it. You know, I mean, hey, they're, they're six and my boys are six and eight. So, you know, the, 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 I find myself repeating, you know, on this loop, these things that are important. And that's that's one of them. Like, hey, we make mistakes, right? Everybody right. makes mistakes. Learn from that. <clears throat> don't be par- don't be paralyzed, you know, through inaction. I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do that. You know, um, my boys aren't like that. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, I certainly, you know, and you have to be forgiving, right? If they do make mistakes, you can't crush them. You know, you can't, you know, you know, say, say things that, you know, that, that, you know, that they, that, 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 you know, that they, that hurt them if they make a mistake, because uh, then they'll never, they'll never take the risk again. So you just kind of, you know, you go, hey, let's, let's talk about what happened here, you know, sort of thing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I think we just try to do our best, right? That's 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 all you can do. Learn from it and move on, my friend. Yeah. That's good stuff. Hey, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to mention uh, I wanted to read something here. Um, I think you'll you'll find this uh, I think you'll find this interesting. Um, you know, I I was uh, this is about a couple of weeks ago. I was you know here at the headquarters and I was going through some old financial files. I was putting things in banker boxes, you know, okay. and um, you know, and, and so we'd say you know the organization saved just about everything. Um, but you know, there says save it in a, you know, at least seven years, you know, well, we've been at, at, at it for 17. So I could theoretically, I could take that, that, you know, the 10 previous years and just, you know, have, have it all shredded or destroyed. Right. But I just can't, I can't do that. You know, uh, I, just won't, <laughs> I, I won't do that. I work too hard for it. So I'm not going to do that. But right. I was kind of, I was going through it and just kind of, you know, you know, organizing a little bit and putting it all in banker boxes and labeling it. And, um, you know, uh, I just figured it was a, a good task for the boss to do that, 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 you know, somebody else would have to do. And I don't want them to, to make the decision on should this go or stay. So I was doing it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this, this, this fell out. See this, you can't, folks can't see it. I see um, that. Listen, but it, it's, it, it's a handwritten letter. Okay. And it's from a guy by the name of Alan J. Carter who uh, lived in, uh, you know, and I presume he's still alive, hopefully, um, in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is, uh, you know, what they call Vietnam, right? It, it, it's where the 82nd Airborne is. Okay. And, and, uh, and, and, and he, and I remember him, you know, and, and he came to, he came to uh, visit us uh, at, at Camp Hackett. And he wrote me this note and it fell out of a financial file folder. And I was like, hmm, that's odd. That shouldn't be in there. And um, so I, I opened it up again and, and I read it. It's dated. It's dated. Uh, I looked at the, 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 the date stamp on this thing and it's 2012. OK, so, you know, it's it, it's about 11 years old. And it's I'll read this because he, he, he focused. Uh, he, he mentioned something that I think that will resonate with you. Okay. And, and, it, and it didn't resonate with me at the time that I read it. Um, it, it didn't have the impact then when I read it as it does today. He said, he says, dear Mr. McDaniel, I know this is a little late in coming. However, I want you to know how thankful I am for what you're doing for me and other wounded vets. And he capitalized other wounded vets. I wasn't too concerned. He goes on to say about our reception after NAM because, uh, there were, uh, uh, there were other, there were other vets and we all hung together. But what you're doing is getting non-vets involved and spreading the word about what should be done. 
Again, thank you, and give my regards to everybody who participates in your program. Thanks, Al. Okay, so that's the part about getting non-veterans involved, okay? And, and you you have there in your community, um, you know, I, I think you've opened your doors to, like, that's why you, the Sons of was, was, I think, created, right? I mean, what percent of your community that supports your enterprise there, the American Legion Post, 1977, what percent, if you had to take a swag, um, are, are the veterans versus the non-veterans in your total community of support? Uh, non-veterans, you know, New Lenox is called the home of proud Americans. And that's kind of a big thing that you see that when, you know, always May 2nd every year, the first weekend of May we have some called Loyalty Day Parade. And between the VFW and the American Legion, you know, we used to march through town and things like that. And um, you know, color guards have faded out because a lot of us guys are getting older and um, body parts ain't moving like they used to. But I'll be honest to say is that the most I see are the non-veterans. And nothing against our vets, you know that, but or, which we adore. But there's a lot of, I'll say, civilian help. And um, mm-hmm. people just find it the right thing in their heart to do. And um, um, a lot of like our entities, you know, exception, you know, with the American Legion itself and their own, you know, element. But I say that because um, a lot of the people that are involved that I see right now with the post are non-vets. And they want yeah. to do something. They want to make a difference. They want to help. It's it's the thing. The, the sad part is a lot of it is the older people, you know, basically 40s and up. But um, on the flip side, some of like Caden's friends that because they've worked at the post or they've seen the wounded warriors when we do these functions have joined the military because mm-hmm. of that. They felt this urge or this calling. That's what Kyle did. And Brian Kloss's son, little Brian did. And some of Caden's friends, like his buddy Jack, joined the Navy, and he had another buddy join the Navy. And so, 1%. I think I had that stat when uh, the general was in back in uh, 2019, just before that we, you know, we snuck in before they shut down the state with COVID, that, um, you know, it's a half a percent now is the military. You know, it's not the, the push, you know, like it used to be. It's Yeah. So, you looked at well, that percentage into who helps out, it's kind of the same thing. So yeah, well, I I was uh, I I just did some some looked up some statistics. Uh, this has been pretty constant. I didn't just do it um, throughout I think our nation's history. But the the last statistic I saw about what percent ever wears a uniform of our American society, the answer that I came up with was seven percent. So like seven percent you know, of the society actually ever, you know, joins, raises their right hand. So, um, wow, it's really a small percentage it you is. Know, if, you th- if you think about it, right? And so um, that's why, if you, I think that's why, I, I think his, I think, you know, his note that I just read, you know, Alan's note, it, it, you know, is right on. And and you probably experienced the same thing. I'll, I'll bet. I don't want to, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to guess, but you know, um, I'll bet your post is probably, uh, you know, eighty twenty, like maybe you know, eighty percent civilian, or ha- you know, that never. Oh, that, that's a good served. number. That's a good number. You know, 
Yep. You know, I mean, so so there you go. You've you you know, you guys have done the same thing basically. You know, and and you have to because it takes a village. You know, these brave men and women have gone off and fought in our country's wars. You know, for two hundred and you know twenty five years. You know, and um, and when they come back home or you know take off their uniform, you know, then what? You know, and that's why what you guys are doing at your post is so important because you really need that 80%, you know, to really keep the post vibrant and keep, you know, the, 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 it's called, they're called VSOs, veteran service organizations. That has the word service in it, right? right. That's mm-hmm. what you guys do. You serve, you know, um, and, and you, you've created a, an amazing environment and, and, and a tribute to history and all those that have gone before you and that, you know, in that geographic region of new Lenox, you know, you have a place for them if they, you know, and it's a great place. So, um, and you, yeah. And you should really be commended buddy for what you guys have done, you know, $210,000. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pile of cash. And he never asked me any, he never said, you know, do this, do that, you know, with this, you know, you, you just said, keep doing good stuff. You know, and and I and I, you know, I I want to, I just want to, you know, express, uh, you know, my sincere gratitude, the organization's gratitude, and and the combat wounded that we serve, their collective gratitude for being such a great patriot, and such amazing people who've really helped uh, our our wounded, you know, and and help them recover, you know, this idea of you know honor, connect, and heal. You, you you guys you guys have put your money literally where your mouth is and done a great thing and moved you know the football down the field and I I just want to you know publicly thank you for all that hard work because it's a ton of work man what you guys you know it's a t- it's thankless work and you you know you can't do it uh, you know people won't do it uh, can't do it unless they have you know the servant's mentality or a servant's heart and you guys certainly do and I, I want to thank you for that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, and I'm glad that we could help. I wish we could do more because there's always that charge at the very end. So, like next year, let's try this. And yeah. the last couple of years, because of COVID and the way the rest of the world is right now, we had to take a pause. But you know, I, I think about that all the time. Like, um, it, you know, you know, even a recharge because it is um, a lot of time involved, and you have to have the right team around you to do it, or else it's not going to work. And you can yeah. only do so much by yourself. And I mean, I would stress and stress and stress and, and then, you know, it, it works out. It does work out. And, you know, you got the right people that come by with a smile, give you a kick in the ass and say, come on, mm-hmm. let's go. Let, let's get this done. We got stuff to do. And, um, and, and that's with all the people that are out there to do it. But to keep the people motivated to do it is, is something. But then you look at the heart of some people, like, I mean, there's times when I was down and, and. Dan Dersmala at the time of the post, uh, and you were there on this one, is that, you know, I just was, you know, getting tired. And um, next thing I know him and, you know, Mayor Balderman, you know, um, name a street after me, you know, for helping they the vets. And you were that's there, and I, I got the Legion um, yeah. Medal of Merit. And you're like, Chris, that's the civilian equivalent to the Purple Heart. And that yeah. kind of blew me away as some of the big things that I remember, or even meeting the general. I mean, that was... Huge. Yeah. I mean, we literally got it by twelve hours. Got that done before they shut the state of Illinois down. Remember that? Oh and, yeah, the COVID. Yeah, I yep. got. So for the for the 
for the listening audience, what what what, what is that? That was that like two thousand and and twenty or nineteen? That was two, two, the March of twenty twenty, and yeah. literally it was one day. And I remember that we had it, and then the next day they shut the state down. That's right. Then we were you and I were chatting before I got on the plane. You're like, hey man, I don't know how this is going to go, but I was like, hey, I got tickets. You know, the uh, General Chrisman, who you know, the two star, my my two star buddy is now on my board. You know, he was coming to speak at the at the venue, and I remember getting on a plane in Tampa and landing in Chicago, and everything seemed normal. We we executed the event. We weren't sure if we were going to be shut down. We thought maybe the mayor'd come and close the doors and kick everybody out, and there goes the fundraiser. But a couple days go by, okay? Because I, I spent a, a I spent a couple days in Chicago. Um, uh, actually, what happened was from Chicago, I took my I took the rent a car and I drove it up to Camp Hackett. Mm-hmm. And then, and I, and I had to fly back out of Chicago. So I went up to the property in Wisconsin, spent a few days and then got back to Chicago. When I got back to Chicago O'Hare, it was like a ghost town. <laughs> There's literally like tumbleweeds running through the airport. Yeah, you'll know, you'll never fought. see that. So. <laughs> never, ever. Yeah. And then COVID. And then, and then we went into two years of turtling. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we made it through that. Thank God. Um, we saw but, 150 uh, people turn out, which was amazing for that. So yeah, it really, really was. Um, is there? Uh, is I know you probably. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you know, it, and there's too many people to thank probably on your extended network. But I, I remember uh, this would have been oh probably two or three years into it. So we're probably talking 2012. You know, uh, 13, 14 time frame. Um, you know, I show up. You know, I probably got, you know, Jake or a couple of heroes with me or somebody. And Josh, Josh uh, and Mark. <laughs> yeah. And you go, that's right. You go, you go, hey man, you're gonna go see the boys in the back. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, Yeah, you go, well, they're 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 all in the back. So I go, okay. So I go outside of the of the of the uh, of your main facility there of the post, and in the back is this, you know, shed, and they got smokers going and you know the, the 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 smell of all this deliciousness is kind of you know wafting through the air, and I get into this this well, I don't know what to call it, but it's like a it was like a I called it the bullpen, you know it's like I was <laughs> like that, that's where, that that that's where all that's where all the that's where all the magic's happening back there. Guys are drinking beers, and you know you get a you get a taste a sampling of everything. There's you know that's all they're preparing the food that's going to go into the hall. And, um, you, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a, it was just a great, I mean, it's just a great memory that I have. And we were talking when in the pre-show about, you know, you don't get into the bullpen, like, unless you're on the team right. and, 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 or, or into the dugout rather. I mean, you just don't get into the dugout unless you're on the team. And I always felt like, wow, it was a turning point for me. I just got, I just got invited to the, you know, to get into the dugout there and uh, it was just a wonderful, you know, thing. And I, and I always enjoyed, you know, going back there and rubbing elbows with everybody. And, you know, going to Chicago for me is like going home. And, right. um, you know, we, we have a ton of co- in common. And I just certainly appreciate your hospitality. And, and uh, just a shout out to everybody who's part of that amazing American Legion post there. Um, because it's just, uh, it's, it's what you guys do is, is really fantastic. And and other people out there ought to ought to look at you if you know if if their posts are 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 you know dying or struggling, um, they should they should look at the Thomas E. Hartung, uh, 1977 post because 
you know, that's a great American Legion. I think it's the, uh, you know, if it's, if it's not the finest, it's certainly one of the finest in the country. It really is. And John, we really appreciate that because we, we, we just do what we say we're going to do. And um, some of the best compliments I've ever seen is by looking at some of the, you know, the notes of the field that you guys put out there. Or look at some of the other events that Wounded Warriors do that I see on Facebook. And I look and see one of the best compliments I see is they copied my event. And yeah. that, like the purple shirts, the purple tablecloths, the gold tablecloths, the, the yeah. way that we set it up. I look at that and I just smile because that means, hey, you know, we did something right. And, yeah. um, heck, John, I remember the first time when you came out, you didn't know what to expect. And remember, you thought that it might be some hot dogs over a 55-gallon drum on fire. <laughs> I did. I didn't know. Yeah. I, uh, we didn't know. It was just it was just fun. And then just the go boldly. You, when you go out to the bullpen and just to watch that door open, the smoke billow out, and there's Pat yeah. sitting there with the butterflies yeah. going, come on, Nick. You're like, uh, you're looking <laughs> right. around. Uh, your instincts kicked in. Like, all right, let's go with the boys. So. Just, Off you went. It was just be, awesome. Be where the boys are, man. That's 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 the key. Yeah. Yep. No, really, really awesome stuff. It, you know, it 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 genuinely is. Um, you know, the 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 one thing I, I guess, uh, you know, beyond all of the, uh, you know, the the fundraising and be beyond all of the, you know, hard work, you know, really it is, you know, the the friendships, you know, that you make. Yep. And and, um, you know, being accepted into a, you know, into a community uh, and or a group. Right. That's so important. And and I think um, that's, uh, you know, if you if you had to say part of the reason, you know, why is the foundation been over 17 years so successful? And I think, you know, if you looked at who earns the Purple Heart, um, you know, because it's a small, tiny, tiny subset of the veteran population, you know. Less than less than one percent of the seven percent, you know, it's a really really tiny percentage that actually gets wounded in combat. Thank God, right? right? You know, thank God. I mean, right. it was thank probably you. a lot hot, yeah, a lot a lot higher, you know, like in the Civil War, you know, or World War Two. Right. But you know, today, uh, you know, and, and even in Vietnam, you know, given all in you know that that served, um, you know, it's still relatively a small percentage, you know. And like I said, thank God. Nobody wants to be, you know, wounded. But this idea of being accepted, okay, into a group, um, you know, especially a group that you don't know. The foundation does that. You know, we do that very carefully. Um, you know, everybody that's in our in our ranks, all these amazing Purple Heart recipients who have jo- signed up to be part of our program, have found us, you know, by by word of mouth or the internet or whatever the case might be. And they filled out an application online, and they said they wanted to participate in what we do, and and that's a big step, right? That's saying I want to be part of this thing. So that's the first thing that's important. And this, and then all of this, okay, waiting, you know, until I get a mission, and then they get called, and then they, you know, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, I agree to do that. I'll, I'll go with you to South Dakota and go hunt pheasants, or, what, or Wisconsin to go hunt deer, whatever the case might be. Um, and, but then they're going to get on a plane and they're going to fly someplace that they've probably never been before. And they're right. going to meet people that they don't know. And they're going to be on train and in a community that, they, that, that they're unfamiliar with. So there's all this uncertainty. But if you have the right people with the right attitude and the right hearts that are accepting of them, just by virtue of what they did for our country, 
we're doing this for you, okay? And so that's where the honor comes in. And when you honor people, you know, and respect what they've done uh, and respect who they are, um, you then are able to connect and connect meaningfully. And, and, and in that process is healing, okay? And, and that's the thing. If you went off and fought in, a, in our country, one of our country's wars and you came home and you were wounded, and 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 no longer and had to take your uniform off because you could no longer do your job based on your your wounds. Um, you know what now? You know what now? But be to, you know to be accepted, uh, to be valued. You know all these things. You know are part of what makes it work. And 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 you guys are a part of that. You're a huge part of that. And um and because you provide the fuel. Um, you provide the backstop, you know, you provide, you know, the the landscape for us to operate freely in. And so, you know, I want to thank you for that. But those are very, very important things. If you think about it, you know, I, I, you brought me into your organization. I didn't know any of you people. You asked, you wanted me to be part of something that you guys are doing and honor our veterans. And you've done a great job with that. You genuinely have. Uh, and, you know, the honor, connect and heal, you know, started, you know, really, in my mind, you know, about the same time that we met. That's when those ideas really became, you know, if in my thinking. OK. Uh, and, you know, what is this thing? What is the WWIA and what is it doing that makes a difference? And it's those three things, you know, honor, connect and heal. That, you know, and, and we all need healing. We all need connection and, and, and we should all be honored in our own way, shape or form, especially if you bled in our country's boots. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, John, I, and again, thank you for the compliments. But I guess the biggest thing that I see that helps me is to know that we make a difference. Well, you know, you, you listen to the Vietnam guys or the Korean guys and the, you, you met, you know, um, you know, our three-time Purple Heart Bill, uh, he was on yeah. Nojima. Um, wow, and he, he's getting up in there. He's still with us right now, Bill Mankey. And yeah, I mean his. I, ironically, his um, great grandson was born twelve hours in the same hospital after my son Caden was, and he goose hunts hmm. right now. And that's Bill's great grandson, and Bill's mm-hmm. still with us. He's ninety-eight years old. Just an old tough marine that just he, he's not going down without a fight. And the show, he welcomes me in his home and talks mm-hmm. to me about stuff. The show and you know the, you know yourself, no purple heart vet's going to go there and wear that medal until he's asked to, and they don't talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. To watch on the days of the event, you know when I, I ask who's purple heart, I'll give a challenge going to and people that I've seen that I never knew. And from Afghanistan, Iraq to World War Two, mm-hmm. um, you see that. But what what gets me is when I start the event and I play like one of your videos, mm-hmm. you know, and you I remember when you first started doing them, it was amazing and not a dry end. The place three hundred people sitting there crying, and mm-hmm. that's the impact points that you got to drive home to show. Look, you have the freedom of speech. You have these freedoms because of these people. Remember that people forget too much, especially nowadays. And mm-hmm. people are too sensitive when they didn't have a choice. World War II, you're 18, you joined, or you're in Vietnam, you were drafted. It's like you went in there, and the guys that choose to go in there are real heroes to me, too, because those are the guys that, look, 
I'm making a decision. I'm going to do what I think is right. And they go and do it. So as long as we know that we're making a difference, that's the motivation that we need out there to make sure that we're making a difference to help these people. Because people just don't know. You speak a language that only a soldier knows. Male, female, doesn't matter. There's a language that only you know. There's a look that only you know. There's a gentleman at church. His name is Mike. And I'm looking at him. I've been talking to him you know, for five years now. And you know, finally, I looked at him. I go, you're a Vietnam vet. And he looked at me. I go, he said, how do you know that? I go, you have the stare. He said, what yeah. does that mean? I go, I've been around enough vets where I know the look. And then he opened up. And just to get him to let him know that it's okay to talk and me to listen is what means everything to me. So, yeah. and that's what I've learned from being part of the Wounded Warriors is that part of what the soldier's language is. And yeah. do I know it all? No. I know some of the words. I know some of the looks. But... That's what I've learned, but honestly, John, this whole thing would be nothing without the the people that help and support it. I mean, yeah, I don't want to go off on a, a rabbit trail, but it's the truth. I mean, you, you got Laura Johnson, who would make all the phone calls for us, hundreds of places we'd call. If we got something great, if we didn't find yeah. I mean, Pat, who would pick up 90% of her brother, pick up 90% of the donations. I mean, the support of the sons at the time was uh, Donnie Ferran and, and all the guys that would cook and... Dandra's Mala, you know, was a huge driving factor, you know, for when, you know, in the, in the later years that we've been doing it, who's the commander of the post. I mean, Brian Claus, his wife, Jackie, Tim, there's so many people, Dawn, Junie, Rich, um, Kelly. I mean, yes, she's my ex-wife, but she was a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just things like that you look at, no matter what happens in your personal life, you got to keep moving forward for the others. You don't want to be selfish. Yeah. And that was a big thing with me that, um, just let's go forward. We all have a common goal here. And I'm looking at a picture right now of like our very first event and even how our post has changed. But most of these guys are still doing it with us. And it's just yeah. pretty awesome. You just, they want to do it. They know the cause that their family members were in it. My dad was in the service. Their fathers were in the service, you know, and that's when you start seeing the amazing thing. And then when the, a lot of the vets will kick in and, and, and join um, a lot of them, you know, they say they did their time, but yet after a while, they start beating each other up and only the language that you guys know, that's kind of amazing too, because that's when they get involved. So, and when you, they get involved and all the other vets get involved, then you feel like you've achieved something. At least that's how I feel in my heart. But then I, yeah. I gotta be honest with you, you can't forget about our number one person, Sharla. Oh yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. A special place in heaven for Char. Char so. is an amazing woman, you know, absolutely right. And, uh, I, uh, I just, I don't, I can't, I, th this is a woman who, uh, is an amazing gift giver. Um, and, um, uh, her brother Jimmy was a Vietnam vet. She, that, her brother yeah. Jimmy was a Vietnam vet and, um, I think he was 60, 70. Um, she volunteered as long as she could. She's had a few health issues, but God bless Charlotte. She volunteered at Mantino. Generally mm. just a happy person that just wants to help. Yeah. And she's a, Yes, a major contributor, but she just wants to be there to help out and be part of it. She wants to be part of the team. So Sharla Wright yeah, is a phenomenal woman. She sure is. And how good must it feel to be in a position to be able to give like that? I mean, exactly. That, that's you know that that there you know that's a it's a heavy, it's a heavy bit she that she's carrying, and 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 she's very very generous. Um, and wow, yeah, wonderful woman. Yep. Even well, in her will, it's marked down that she wants to give to the foundation for five years after she passes. So wow. she's 
She's an amazing lady, uh, so yeah. I got to give her kudos because she is a great person. She is. Uh, we love her, and yep. and thank you for introducing us to her. And and uh, you know, she she single handedly has uh, you know uh, changed a lot of lives. Um, and that's just it's it, it's great. And and that's the kind of philanthropy that um, you know, usually goes on on unrecognized publicly. But uh, I'm glad you mentioned Shar because she's a, a you know a wonderful a wonderful woman and and very very giving. And uh, that's just that's just awesome. She'll be um, mad at me that I mentioned it, but I had to. I'm sorry. She needs to me in my heart. She needs to be known out there for it. she she wants to be anonymous. And some things I will always respect that for. Her, but then there's some things where Something yeah. like that. She needs to be acknowledged. So, yeah, I, I don't sure. take any credit. My team to gets the credit. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, listen, buddy, um, uh, you're coming down here uh, in April, right? Is yes, sir. April twenty eighth. Yep. So you and I are going to go fish the bay and and have some fun, and and uh, I'll show you the headquarters, and 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 we'll we'll explore the south shore of Florida here and. In Tampa, St. Pete land, and have have some fun and get reconnected. Um, but in the meantime, again, I just uh, you know I want to thank you again for all that you've done, and and I, I'll I'll give you the last shot on the on the on the uh, the the mic here. If there's something that you, you know uh, you have any saved rounds, as we say in the military, that you'd like <laughs> to expend, you know this would be your opportunity to do it. Well, I appreciate that one. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk on the podcast. I mean. Um, anything that I could do for a veteran or the, or the wounded warriors in action, I'd do. Um, thank you for all you guys do. I mean, this happens because of the foundation. And like you spoke earlier that you and I are very similar in many ways as people, but also in our beliefs, um, the way from raising the boys. And it's, it's not an easy task. And, and, you know, I'm not by myself with that. But the thing is, is that to be with people with common goals is, uh, a great thing, and I wish more people would become involved um, because words are a lot of people hide behind a keyboard. Show your face out there, and I look at things that way. Get out there and make a difference. Don't just talk about it. And, um, you know, everybody gets tired sometimes. You get knocked down, but pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just move on. And um, it happens. So dirt don't hurt, and you just got to move along. And I just hope more people hear this and just for our people that are afraid to volunteer don't be ask go to a soup kitchen do something there's a lot of people out there that need help and just um if we're blessed yeah. with the opportunity to be in a position where we can help somebody then it's your duty to help somebody um that's how i feel in my heart that's well said that's very well said yeah well uh Listen, buddy, uh, I, we'll, uh, we'll wrap her up here again. Thanks to you and, and your organization, and um, we pr appreciate your time today. And uh, we look forward to ha having this thing on, on air and share it when it does hit, when it does drop uh, with that amazing community of yours. Um, and and uh, we'll be very appreciative of that, my friend. Thank you for the opportunity, my friend, and look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.